Hello, everyone. It's me, Rob. How's it going? How are you doing? It's just me this week. It's just me. Uh, Jordan is a little bit busy. He's out, as you know, uh, living the, the glitzy, glamorous L.A. lifestyle. He's probably out there attending some fancy movie premiere, rubbing elbows with the celebs. I don't know. I don't know what you do out there. I'm just a humble. I'm just a humble working class, salt of the earth podcaster. I don't have time for any of that business. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. Anyway, it's just me this week, and you know what? I don't have any. I don't have any bits or any big intro segments planned. Sometimes I've tried to do some fun stuff when I have these opportunities. Not today. Okay. It's almost 11 p.m. I'm tired. I'm a 40-year-old man, okay? I'm about ready to go to bed. I've actually been rewatching The Sopranos. That's been kind of fun. So I'm going to get back to that uh, soon. But on this week's episode, I've got Walter Masterson uh, coming on the show to talk to me. Walter's a comedian. You may have seen one of his videos where he goes and uh, hangs out at these MAGA rallies, Donald Trump rallies, uh, school board meetings, anti-abortion rallies. He even showed up to the trucker convoy here in Canada. He loves going to these kind of rallies and speaking to the people there and uh, talking to them about their views and the kind of things that they believe, uh, always with very humorous results. Lately, he's been also uh, going to some of these like pro-Israel rallies. He has a video recently where he, uh, he showed up in a stormtrooper outfit uh, with a sign that said the empire did nothing wrong and trying to get people to understand that basic analogy. Um, very funny guy, interesting guy. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to him this week. He's going to be coming on the show in just a minute. Before he comes on, though, if you can, folks, please subscribe to the podcast. If you go to insurgentspod.com, you can subscribe to this very podcast, the, the podcast that you're listening to right now. Um, it supports the work that we do each and every week. You can get access to all of our really fantastic bonus content. We put out two episodes a week. So if you want to get access to everything that we put out, that's how you do it. Subscribe at insurgentspod.com. We had Sam Biddle. Uh, on the show last week talking about Meta's new uh, moderation proposals, uh, planning on banning the word uh, Zionist on their platform. Uh, previous to that, we've had Liv Agar with a really great uh, episode. And we've, we've had some really fantastic guests over the last few weeks, months, years. If you want to listen to those bonus episodes, that's how you do it. Subscribe to the podcast at insurgentspod.com. That is all I have to plug right now. So let's get to my conversation with Walter Masterson. It was a, it was a really funny one. Uh, I think you folks are going to enjoy it. So stay tuned because Walter Masterson will be joining the program right after this. And now we are joined by Walter Masterson. Walter, thanks so much for, for joining the show. I'm glad we could figure out a time to do this. Well, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Thanks for dealing with my aggressive cancellations. It's okay. You're, you're big yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. No, I know you got a lot of stuff going on, so it's it's understandable. How's how are you how's everything going? I mean, it's going great. So I just rewatched Star Wars and nice. you know. And I, I had no idea the empire was like so good. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, I, I was know. just like, you know, like I watched it with, a, with fresh eyes and I realized Luke Skywalker's a terrorist, like the rebel Alliance, like terrorists. Right. Yeah. And I, like, I saw how stable, how much stability the empire, the galactic empire brought the galaxy. And I was like, you know, like, I don't know why we're cheering for Luke. Well, the and, thing is, I, you know, I don't always agree with everything the Empire does, but like the violence of the Rebel Alliance, you know, blowing up yeah. buildings, spaceships, you know, killing all kinds of innocent yeah, people. Yeah, I the same spaceships. way. Like I supported the Rebel Alliance until 
they blew up the Death Star. And I was like, all right, you know what? That's there's the there's another way. You know what I mean? There's got to be another way to blow up the Death Star. Right? I agree. Yeah. I'm glad you're calling this out because there's too many people out you know, there. You could, you know, okay. You're getting very comfortable. You could have trained kind of extremism. People, you could have, you know, trained the people that run the Death Star a little bit better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't, you know, why just blow it all up? Right. You're taking it's, it's a lot to just, you know, blow it all up. And I feel like that's the problem with the rebels these days, like the rebel alliance these days. It's like, oh, we don't want to reform the Death Star. We just want to blow it up. And I, you know, the rebels have just gone too far, in yeah. my opinion. Every, you know, episode put out by Disney, I'm like, all right. You know, like uh, the Mandalorian, I saw used Grogu, or Baby Yoda, as a human shield in like every episode. I know. It's really reprehensible, but stuff. Yeah. Okay, there's all kinds of people out there supporting that. Mm, yeah, really and it's, I just, I just can't, you know, and it's just, it's, I just have to, you know, unplug from that. You know, Good. people, they lost me with it. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Well, Walter, before we get into any of the any of the stuff that I would kind of plan to talk to you about, I gotta ask you about this article that came out today in The Cut. I sent this to you earlier. Oh god, that was this, so this that was so who, much. Who apparently uh got scammed by some kind of elaborate uh, phone scam. And it was elaborate. Like, you know, as yeah, far as hustles go, that was 50K in a shoebox handed it over yeah. to the scammers. I I just I actually want to just applaud this person for for being honest about this because it's an incredibly humiliating thing. Yeah. I'm listening to this and I'm thinking the entire time she's talking, I'm thinking, there's I would not tell anyone about this. No, I, especially if I was a financial I, column, advice columnist of a major magazine. Even then, I think especially. Oh, even yeah, even worse. Like, this <laughs> is you're you're giving financial advice, and you just got duped in the worst way. And yeah, I unless it's like unless she's like a bootstrappy libertarian financial advice person, then I'm like, you know what. You know, maybe if you showed me some of what she's written, where she's just like, "Oh, everyone should pay back their own student loans," or something. Yeah. Then I'd be like, you know what? I'd listen to it again with like fresh ears, and I'd be like, "All right, just start skipping breakfast." Yeah. Um. Well, here's the question that I had though, because this is this is just in a crazy scheme. She gets called by someone apparently at Amazon customer service asking her about fraudulent activity on her account, who then connects her to someone at the the FTC who talks about the fact that she's, her identity has been stolen. As so that was, all that was crimes. all real slick. It was <laughs> so slick. And then they transfer her again to someone from the CIA. And then she thinks she's talking to the CIA and she's involved in some crazy, some crazy uh, experience. And she's all, she's liable for all kinds of possible crimes and, the only way to get out of this, you got to go to the bank. You got to take out everything you have, put it in a shoebox, deliver it to this SUV. We can make all this go away. We can make we can we can make it all better. It was incredible. But I have a question for you because, like, I saw a lot of people responding to this. A lot of people, obviously, like mocking this woman and being like, "What the fuck? This is insane." This story. There's so many different red flags. There's so many off ramps to get away from this situation before handing over the shoebox full of 50k but then i i saw there was another kind of faction of people doing the discourse about this saying like oh no you know you think that you'd be above this this could happen to anyone this could happen oh, to you no matter yeah. how tech savvy you are that's my question to you could this happen to you do you think Is, I, it could almost this happen did to anyone? someone got someone almost got me and it was embarrassing how close they came before i sort of snapped out of it and i think what that person did, the scammer did in that situation is they isolated her. It's like, don't talk to anyone. Yeah. Right. Which is, you need that person to just be in their own head the entire journey. Because, so I'll, I'll lay it out for you. Because that reminded me, I almost got nailed hard. And okay. these scammers, they knew they had some information and their timing was impeccable. I had just moved into a new apartment. I had a bunch of roommates. This was years ago, pre-pandemic. I had roommates at all this. So I was supposed to be the one that paid the Con Ed bill every month. Everyone paid me. I paid the Con Ed bill. I think I was oh, two weeks late 
on paying it. And they called me and they said, Hey, you're late. We're going to shut it off. And I was like, you really like, and I just got irate and said, like, really just for being two weeks effing late, they hang up. They're like, you know what? That's, this is unacceptable. Good luck. And they hung up. I called back and they're like, you know, you are you calm down now? Like, this is what you're going to need to do for the payment to post today. And I was like, oh my God, if my, the power gets turned off, roommates are going to kill me. And they were like, all right, you need to, you know, buy these, you know, cards. It was like these, you know, these things you buy at the deli, like the cards and it's like for remittance and something like that. Yeah. And like, I went to the, I went to the goddamn 7-Eleven and buy this, you know, for these things. It was like $700 worth. You know, I owed that much. They had the, they had the amount dead on, right? I mean, they had me. And the guy at the counter, Indian man, it's like, what's this for? And I'm explaining it. And I'm hearing myself explain it. And he looks at me. He's like, hey, just, just be careful. All right. Uh. And I, I was like, oh my God. And I was like, okay, no, no, this is, you know, I was so close. It's embarrassing. And I yeah. was so embarrassed. I was like, you know, and I got back on the phone with them and I was like, let's complete this scam. Sure. Yeah. I just bought it. What do I have to do? What do wait, what? And then I went, and then like, as I went through the directions and asked more questions, like it started to unravel. I was like, right, yeah. here's the thing, or, you know, and, but I was like, damn, you really almost got me. And, you know, you get someone at the right time, you isolate them. That's what they did. They isolated her. Don't talk to anyone. If she had yeah. spoken a word to another human being, they would have been like, nope. Yeah, they would have been like, that's them. ridiculous. None of this is, and she probably would have heard herself say it out loud and been like, okay, yeah, that this is ridiculous. This yeah. Is yeah. I guess I, I can be like a little bit gracious. Cause like, again, like someone calls you, they have all your information they're talking about your kids and everything, and it's kind of scary. It's like a scary kind of feeling, and then you're off balance. I do. There's so many just ridiculous parts in this particular article because I like again, like I know these scams are totally pervasive. I know that like I've gotten calls from people being like, "Oh, you owe this money. You on back taxes? You were you're committed tax fraud, and you need to deal with this right away and call this number." And I can see how people can, can get caught up in that, or like these phishing emails, like, "Oh fuck, I." need to fill in my banking information here in this thing. And then you don't check the email and then they've got your info. This seems like a little bit next level. Like when you're talking to the CIA and you're, you're the shoe box and everything like that, that I, I would feel say like the person who did that is a veteran. They know yeah. exactly what they're doing. They've done this a hundred times before and they know how to make it elaborate. And that person also knew when to back off a little bit because they put the pressure on and then they just eased up. And said, hey, it's all up to you. And because yeah. the way she describes it, they weren't pushy with her. They weren't saying, you know, you got to do. They were just like, hey, these are your options. Do it or don't. Yeah. And they were very matter of fact. And it was so they knew what they were doing. And it sounded like a very slick operation. It was not some random, you know, Nigerian prince nonsense. Yeah. Seem kind of going back and forth between like we want to help you, like help help us help you yeah. thing, but also you you could be arrested. Like I don't I I can't guarantee if you start talking to people, if you talk to a lawyer, the police, mm -hmm. uh, would, you know this is going to be big problems for you. So, and she's yeah. kind of going back and forth between like we help us, like work with me, work with this like CIA guy to take down the scammers that are coming after you, or like you know I don't know if we can help you here. Yeah, I I, I feel so embarrassed. Story, I've, I've been I've been had before. Yeah. You know, people scam me out of this. They scam me out of that. I, you know, you got, you get jammed on, you know, people, I grew up in New York city. You get people, people got all types sure. of scams here, man. People, I mean, but it's in person. It's, it's different. And like the more I used to approach it with a little bit of ego. Cause I'm like, well, I'm from New York. No yeah. one's getting one up on me. And then of course, like, you're like, no, no, no. Like someone just got one up on you because you think you're invincible. Yeah. I mean, I do, I 
to be clear, I do think I would be impervious to this because I just don't have 50K. If someone said, called me and said, you need to give us $50,000, oh, yeah. well, I would say, they well, knew I'm who sorry, to hit. you're going to have to arrest me then. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, they, don't. That's not they, an option for me. Yeah, I think they knew that the person had 50K or they knew that they were likely they based on their address and everything like that. Yeah. And all kinds of public data out there for all of us, I guess. That's that's uh, probably scary, the the ability that people have to access that and uh, have all I kinds had of to, you know, I, I had to go it. through websites to like get my scrub my information from the internet because it was just way too out there. I had to like get I still have to do subscriptions that scrub my information. Yeah. It was way too yeah, and that was at the behest of the oddly enough ironically enough the fbi telling me to do this they're like because they're an fbi agent that i had met said like this is what i'd use like this is this i use this service because people try to dox me when i arrest you know high profile white supremacists and i was like oh thank you for that thank you mr pig <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, was like, I any, still don't like you, but thank you for that. Yeah. In any case, I was just enthralled by this story today. And uh, I was, yeah. I was definitely in the, very interested in uh, taking in all the, all the discourse I, over it today. I will, I will give that woman credit for being public about that because that is a very humiliating story. To, yes, absolutely. Um, well, and then there was a whole other kind of counter conspiracy theory of people wondering whether it was even real or whether she had just compiled a bunch of stories into this thing to make there, it. A, a, that is way too embarrassing. <laughs> if she just wanted to like make a podcast, some true crime, and she's the victim yeah. of it, that is, there's nothing good about that story. It paints her in the worst light possible. Yeah. If she's just making it up, then I mean, there's, I mean, not that it's impossible, but it there'd be so much more at play. Yeah, mentally. Well, the one that's just you know being. I th- I actually thought about that because I was like, is this even real? Like, yeah, that's what I, I messaged it's you. Pretty you outrageous. Said, you sent it to me, and I was like, wait, I, is she punking us? And then I <laughs> yeah. messaged. I was like, wait, this this is real. You're like, yeah, it's real. I was like, okay, I'll keep listening. I think the one thing that made me second guess it a little bit was someone was like. What if uh, her husband was asking her where 50K went and she got so deep in a lie that she had to write a magazine article about it that everyone made fun of her for? I think that was the one thing that made me start asking. That would be amazing. It's like an, she had an affair. <laughs> she did something so like No, nefarious. no, no. It was this scam thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And she's calling a lie. It's like, well, you know, the CIA. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, she. the funny thing is like she was so descriptive and articulate in recounting the story that like, I was just like, that's what caused me to be like, damn, you really articulated these events. Like, well, I felt like I was listening to like Roman Mars from like 99% invisible or someone, someone that like describes things for a living. And I was like, damn, like your description game is on point. Yeah. Just maybe not the best financial uh, advice columnist you can imagine. Um, Okay, but Walter, uh, like, so I, I'm really happy to have you on the show today. Yeah, man, you, you have you have built up uh, a really big audience going to uh, Trump rallies, uh, anti-abortion rallies, Moms for Liberty, school yeah, boards, yeah, school board meetings, all of these things. Anywhere there's extremism and chuds, yeah, and Zionists. Well, I guess as a starting off point, I was just wondering like how you kind of started getting the idea to start doing this kind of stuff. You even went to the, to Canada to the trucker convoy. Yeah, I, I went up to, by your neck of the woods. I went to Ottawa yeah. for the trucker convoy. The now I know how to spell Ottawa. I spell it with an O T T A W A. You know, not like with O, not like with all O's, bro. Like I'm I'm on it. Um, but yeah, so I went. Oh God. The trucker convoy, I could say a lot about that. That was interesting. Um, I started during this, during the pandemic, and I I had this fascination. I was like, let's, like, because you hear these talking points, and you know they're not true, right? Someone saying, I don't mind immigration. I just want people to come here legally. And you know, <laughs> I know it, you know it. They don't want legal. They don't want illegal. They just don't want anyone coming over. And, you know, so I was like, well, if I'm sure if I pushed them a little bit, asked them a few more questions, 
and you know drop their defenses they would just admit <laughs> hey i don't want anyone coming over yeah so like i i went to a rally with a maga hat and on and i said we don't mind immigration we just want it to be legal immigration right yes what do you think about biden's proposal to double the amount of visas given and double and increase the amount of legal immigration oh we don't like that i was yeah. like okay <laughs> plain and simple baby like let's go and sometimes though like they would surprise me where they would be like no like we don't care who does it it's we don't want it right like i sometimes i would sub that out for trump versus biden and they would stick to their guns and be like nope i don't want i don't i don't i don't care who wants it I don't want, you know, I don't care who's putting it forward. And I'm like, yeah, okay, respect, <laughs> you know. Um, I so I got that where I was like, I realized, and I, I feel like if you talk to someone in a non-debate fashion, right? When you debate yeah. someone, suddenly they have their talking points that I'm not racist. I just want X. And I don't want to talk like that. I want honesty. I want you to tell me this. I'm a comedian, so I like, all right, like, how can I make this funny? How can I, you know, I'm inspired by Borat, by The Daily Show, by Stephen Colbert. And I wanted to sort of bring out the honesty in people and bring out that, like, in a, and then in a fashion that's comedic. So then, like, I did that. It was great. But then I was like, you know what? I need five people saying the exact same thing. I need this echoed. I don't need you just saying it because then it's like, oh, you just did a gotcha on one person. Yeah. So I'm like, because that's what the comments would be. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need. So then I was like, all right, I need a question that I know Mag is going to answer one way. So I need five people to answer the exact same way because I know that's how they feel. And so then, like, I started doing that. And, it, you know, it just started to balloon from there of like, here's the, here's what I, you know, after a while, I was what I do. I'm I'm predicting what they're going to say. I know a lot of times I know exactly how they're going to respond in a situation, or I need them to, you know, not hear what I'm saying and not listen because I'm using so much, you know, triggered and loaded words that they're like so furious, right? Yeah. Um. Like on the on the subject of immigration as well. It's like I just did. A, a few days ago, I made this TikTok, um, and I no one really pays attention to anything that I do on there. But I made this one TikTok where I talked a little bit about immigration, and talked about how you know, like, hey, immigrants are not the ones caught that are the reason that you can't get a job. It's not the reason that food is more expensive. You know, it's not the reason housing is more expensive. It's because of rich people that's doing that. It's not because of immigrants. And it got it went really viral and got I got thousands of comments and it's it's really amazing some of the things like that people believe about this in that kind of world, right? And I think one of the common things that I see is that there's this this idea that people are like really desperate people coming to America from like Central and South America, Mexico or wherever, and coming across America and they really these people really truly believe these people are just coming in. And just give Joe Brandon just gives them a free house. They just get a free house, free apartment, I don't free understand. food, free stuff. You know, and it's I like, don't what? get it. Yeah, they like they think that all of they they think that like so I'm flattered that they think that the American government takes <laughs> care of its citizens to that degree. Like, yeah, oh my god, wow, like way you're starting off with way too much faith. So like okay and i i really it makes me upset almost more at the democratic party at the progressive movement because there's no counter message i've no. heard all of that for years i have traveled across the united states of america and heard every single i've been on the campaign trail i hear everything that is said with regards to immigrants they're coming here you know and they all have fentanyl yeah you know, because the way they talk about fentanyl, like it's the hydrogen bomb. <laughs> like yeah. it's just like, you know, like Oppenheimer, you know, when he was done with the hydrogen bomb, he just, he made some fentanyl. Uh, and so they're coming here with, with fentanyl, with drugs, with diseases and, you know, like lots of things that they normally wouldn't care about until an immigrant does them. Like these people do not care about sexual assault, let's be honest. 
These are not, some of them do, but this is not the, like, the we support the Me Too movement crowd. This is, no, you know, this is the Me Too movement has gone too far crowd. However, when an immigrant is doing it, oh my God, like, we care about rape now. You know, it's like when a trans person wants to play women's sports, suddenly, you know, they care about women's sports. Yeah, yeah, these people, the, the women's but sports. I'm, I'm mad that there's no counter message. As the first... So my podcast, we are not journalists. I'm shouting at my podcast. There you go. We are not journalists. It's on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Nice. So the first episode, I got a guy from the Immigration Council, and he's like an expert on this. His you know, mission is like that they want immigrants here. And he dispelled all of the myths. All and and I was like, oh my God, like how are you alone in this? Like the Democrats, you know, the, you know, the progressive movement, it doesn't focus on countering this disinformation, I think, because it, they don't know what the talking points are. They don't really know what's being said every day. Well, and not it, only are they not countering that, but right now you have like Biden and Democrats proposing incredibly draconian right wing border policies to try and appease these like Republican conservative psychos. And are still being told that they're these like the open border communists kind of thing. So not only are they not. Yeah, I I, I looked into that. that it was like a lot of those policies were fine. There were a lot of decent policies in there where, you know, and they worked on it with God. So that's it's the funniest thing. There were decent things in there with they because the biggest problem was the facilities being used to house them were not sufficient. So you have overcrowding, people are dying in them. That is like a problem through Obama, Trump, Biden. Trump was the first one that showed that he did not care that people were dying in them, right? It was like, that was sort of the point. And he made that, his administration made that abundantly clear that they they want, they're like fine with it. Yeah. Each administration has been, had that as a problem. They were like, all right, so like, let's expand these facilities. The stupid, the money, they were going to spend $450 million on repair the wall. That to me is nothing. That's just money that's going to go to repairing whatever stupid border walls are already up. And, you know, there were some deportation things in there, but like all in all, it was like, okay. There were, you know, and this was written by, this was written, you know, with, you know, the authors of it were like, you know, Lankford, Cinema. And the Democratic Party, and like this was like bipartisan. There was like decent things in the bill to expand the infrastructure to house these people and process them. There were some things in there definitely people were, you know, okay to valid to be against. And then, yeah, they killed it because they wanted something to run on. And but it's the funny part is like they're like, well, this is like some Democrat bill. And I'm like, really? Cinema? was one of the authors, Lankford. I, if you look up Lankford, he is a Southern Baptist minister. He supported Donald Trump's uh, election fraud claims. Like he is, to have him as the lone person being like, what are you talking about? This bill's great. It's not a democratic bill. I helped author it. Yeah. I helped write it. And they're like, oh, well, you know, and for them to to dismiss him, like he's not a real Republican, he's not real MAGA. That dude is like ultra MAGA. Like the dude is, he is a friggin' heart. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm an awful person. Yeah. You know, like I want to restrict women's rights. I want to do this. Like, um, yeah. And gave kind of in that bill, that's the thing is like, no matter what else is in there also gave really draconian powers to like these really reactionary uh, government agencies like DHS to just like arbitrarily deny people and deport people, um, which, you know, exactly is like the things that like these, uh, these like anti-immigration conservatives have been uh, asking for, but that's this like democratic party kind of for DHS sometimes it's like, we're going to trick you by, offering the thing that you want and then yeah, they're and, saying I mean, no and, then they, and then all they the immigration expose activists them. are they don't, also upset as well. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to fix it. They want to run on it. They yeah. want to campaign with it, basically. They don't want to fix it at all. I mean, to for them to come back and say that that bill is not draconian enough is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, Absolutely. they're like, you know, because there were like a lot of cool, there were some good things about it. There, were, there was enough in it 
where you you needed to expand the infrastructure with the amount of people coming over so you could process them, hold them, you know, the detention centers like need to be not, you know, cages for dogs, right? They need to, they need more money for that. I want them to have more money for detention centers when you process people and keep families here so they don't need to be separated. Uh, for Republicans to come back and say, this is not nasty enough, like we want them to be fired out of a cannon yeah, is just terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why I, I, I always find it really kind of repulsive, that whole kind of like uh, triangulation that they try to do, uh, which we see a lot. But I'm wondering what else, like, what else you've been learning about some of these folks? Like, have you been talking to uh, MAGA people about Donald Trump's legal issues? Like, what have they, what have they oh, been saying about all, that kind of stuff? That's all fake. It's all yeah. a setup. It's all just a hit job. None of right. it's true. It's just, you know, Jack Smith, Fonnie Willis, you know, it's, it's all World Economic Forum, Joe Biden, yeah. deep state you know, a way to, because Joe Biden can't win against him. He needs to put him in jail, which you could have made that case now. You couldn't have made it back then. Like Joe Biden was clicking, you know, last year when all of this, these indictments came out. <laughs> if they started, if the indictments came out right now, like you'd be, I'd be like, wow, like you could make that conspiracy claim because <laughs> yeah. it looks like he's going to lose intentionally, you know, because he, you know, rather, you know, support, you know, APAC. I think that's one of the things that we've been talking about on this show is that maybe if there was a time to go after Trump, it would have been immediately after January 6th when there was a lot of kind of bipartisan consensus to do that. And the fact that it's just taken so long, even though there's a lot of merit to these cases, like no, I don't think anyone's denying that Trump didn't do all the things that he's alleged to have done. Mm. But now just because it's taken so long, he's Trump, whether you like the guy or not, he's like leading in the polls in this election. Um, and now because of the timing of it, now it just seems incredibly suspicious as it feeds into all these conspiracy theories. So I mean, I don't want to, I hate creating the conspiracy, but if it came out now, I would be like, Oh yeah. But it's, I've had legal experts on my show and everything to talk about it because I had Tristan Snell on my, on my podcast and he w went through it. He's the guy, he was one of the prosecutors that brought down Trump university so he could speak eloquently about and about each case about you know what was done i mean and these are like damning cases where it's like oh, for sure yeah i mean i i so okay this is the best i went to uh the miami indictment i've been to all of the indictments and i've interviewed mag at each one the miami one was the best because that was the secret documents, right? Yeah. And so all of these things exist at the same time with MAGA that the documents were planted. Okay. And also he declassified them. Right. And so I would go into be like, oh, you know, the trumpet, you know, Trump had declassified these documents. Yeah. So he didn't he do it, but if he them. did, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Yeah, but, but they were all, you know, I kind of feel like the Democrats also planted these documents. You know what? I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. And then, and then I would go right back. I would go right back to, yeah. But Trump, I mean, it doesn't matter that they planted these documents because Trump declassified them. And they're like, yeah, he declassified them. I was like, yeah. So it doesn't, you know, and I'd go right back to the, that they were planted. So like they were both planted and declassified. Yeah. And all of this would exist at once. Yeah, I like wouldn't put any punctuation. Uh, secret documents. I wouldn't put any punctuation in what in this. I, I would say it to them exactly like I just told you. And it's, it wasn't some gotcha I did on one or two people in the crowd. This worked on literally everyone I spoke to at that indictment, all the MAGAs were like, were like, yes, it was planted and it was this. And it was, it, I was like, wow, wow. I was like, you guys will believe, you guys will do whatever gymnastics necessary. Yeah.
I mean, as I've been talking about on this show, I think one of the funniest things about that case is that it was just totally self-inflicted. Like he didn't need those documents. It was really just so we could like brag to people at Mar-a-Lago, like whatever random dentists are hanging out at the buffet in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, I've got these great secret documents. They're the most secret documents or whatever it is. Yeah. And like they asked for it back like a number of times. He's just like didn't do it just because he wanted to be an asshole. And then eventually it led to this massive legal yeah, case against like him. Apparently it it's not at all. It's not uncommon for documents to be to need to be retrieved by president like yeah this is not like you know they fox <laughs> even news you see them like go like oh pence did this too okay oh <laughs> and then to listen to them talk about like how biden just had all of these documents and he was selling them to china and they were in his garage and his garage was open and the china was just going in and out of his garage and it was like yeah and it so it was like so you look at this, the amount of documents, it was like a folder that Biden had in his garage retrieved. And this is something that he said, like, hey, I got this. My bad, y'all. They didn't like raid his house to get it. And this that's, you know, so it's like, you know, a misdemeanor versus like, you know, a, a 1200 unpaid parking tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned the um, you mentioned the trucker convoy as well, and said, so, you know, I'm from Canada, so I kind of wanted to get your perspective on that as someone that was from the outsider perspective. Like, what what, what did you make of that whole experience of coming up here and Dude, and talking to some of those seeing fine individuals? Canadian MAGA <laughs> was a trip, bro. Yeah, I imagine. Okay, so first of all, any if like just going there on the way and like stopping at a the A and W, that's a real popular like rest stop area in Canada. Yeah. Good so burgers. these trucker convoy people, the Canadian MAGA, they'd be there. They'd be coming or going from there. And they would start screaming, freedom! <laughs> they would just scream it in the middle of an A&W. I was like, what is happening? This is <laughs> like, and they would scream it like Mel Gibson and Braveheart, which is like kind of like ironic, like, but they would do this unironically. Like they yeah. weren't. And I was like, this is. This is insane. They took this, this shit very insane. seriously, yeah. And it just, it was weird to to hear all of these Canadian MAGAs giving like American MAGA talking points that I'm like, no, this is what MAGAs say back home. Like, y'all are saying this now? Damn, no, no, no. And they were, that was, that was a lot. Like they were against the country's healthcare system. Like yeah. they wanted the American healthcare system. And I was like, that is the most backward sentence I've ever yes. heard. And, and, um, but it really, I think it was just about the vaccine mandate. Yeah. And that's how the press put it out. And I, it kind of upset me because I was like, you know, I'm a comedian. I'm here to just goof on people. And I'm like, I know for a fact by speaking to them, that this has nothing to do with the, the vaccine mandate. It has very little. It's about a takeover. It's about MAGA. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, when you dug into it, there's this, and it's, you see the same similarities with a lot of the American conservative movement. It's just kind of this far-reaching conspiracy theory about Justin Trudeau, Biden, the World Economic Forum, Soros, immigration, and, uh, and the it's, whole COVID it, thing, which was okay. apparently just basically like a con or a scam or in Pfizer okay. and the, the you're, you're a leftist. Shit. You're a leftist. I'm a leftist. It was like, you know, they're forcing us to defend people that we don't really like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, listen, you can hate them, but for the right reasons. Yeah. Right. You know, you want to hate on Biden, do it for like. You know, there's some pipelines. A lot of legitimate things, yeah. Sending money to Israel and, you know, to blow up children. Mass incarceration and, and stuff like that. Yeah, like, you know, critic you know, well, actually, no, they do talk about the crime bill, but they do it as like a, you know, just a gotcha with yeah. regards to, you know, because they don't care about criminal justice reform either. Yeah, just, like, just, well, for the, just for the January 6th people. Those are the only people that have ever been unjustly persecuted dude, in the american legal i swear system. to god they <laughs> suddenly you know this suddenly they care about well actually no they don't care about criminal justice reform at all they just want those people released yeah. there's no talk of anything with regards to systemic issues i've spoken to so many of the justice for j6 people they do not care 
There's no reference to any systemic policy, nothing. It's just, we did it and we don't want to be held accountable for it. That's it. Yeah. No, but it's interesting you talk about that, though, the way that this this kind of big reactionary movement in both Canada and the United States is really linked. And sometimes it might be ostensibly about one thing, whether it's the vaccine mandates, whether it's like DEI or critical race theory or whatever they're freaking out about on any specific day. But really, it all kind of ties into this very... Oh, yeah. No. So well, DEI, critical race theory, that whole satanic panic, you got to give a shout out to far right, alt right uh chris rufo he is the the architect of that yeah he talks about it too yeah dude honestly he took something that is probably one of the most it is a boring legal subject that none of us knew about and if you tried to explain it we'd fall asleep i'd pass out if you actually like like if you ever read these like law you know like school like textbooks about it it i dare you to get past two pages without like passing out it. And he made it sexy, satanic and cool. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, Joe Biden's I, forcing kids to learn that they should be ashamed yeah, to be white. Just, and yeah. Just and yeah, like you come in, you learn CRT then you have to apologize for being white. And then they give you beta blockers and hormones and you just cut your tits off and everyone's doing it in kindergarten. And then in first grade, they're like, this is a vagina. Look at it. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Um, And so then lately, though, you've been taking this approach as well, going to talk to like Zionists and pro-Israel people as well. Like we t- we mentioned up front, this whole latest video you did defending the empire. You know, the empire yeah, did I, nothing I wrong. I wore a stormtrooper mask. And I walked into a bunch of Zionist counter-protesters with a sign that said uh, the Empire did nothing wrong. And I only talked about Star Wars. Yeah. I was like, nope. Like, they tried to bring it back to 1948 and five countries. Like, no, that has nothing to do with Star Wars. Please, like, let's stay on the subject here. Yeah. And then I would talk about how, you know, Vader had to blow up Alderaan because it was housing the Rebel Alliance. The Rebels don't like to talk about that, Right. I mean, and I mean, look, I mean, listen, Darth Vader, you know, you might think he's a bad guy, but he offered Luke a partnership multiple times. Yeah. Right. He said, join me and we can work together. And Luke just completely walked away from that peace process. <laughs> and you know, he like there was one time he like jumped off the the tower and almost yeah. fell to his death. He's because he would rather die than just join forces and bring peace and balance to the galaxy and the force. Like, ridiculous. And, you know, and this is what the rebels are like, you know, all that stuff. And it's funny how quickly they caught on to yeah. what was happening. Well, but it's funny too, because I was looking at some of your Twitter mentions where you're talking about this and how people just don't get this basic analogy or they're 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 disgusted. How dare you compare Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia to Hamas or something like that? And it's like, are you? Have you watched the movie? Like, have you seen the movie? And have you talked to, like, listened to George Lucas talk about this movie? Like, Star Wars was about the Viet Cong. Like, that was the movie. The Empire was America, the evil Empire going into Vietnam, and the rebels were the terrorists. They were the Viet Cong. They're the you know, they're these rebel groups. Like, that's the analogy. It's a really easy to understand analogy, and it's really amazing how that's sailed over so many people's brain heads. And it's and, uh, what's really disappointing is I have a very that, it's very upsetting to them. I have a very large like neolib audience, and to to have them like turn around to have a great many of them turn around and be like I I'm not with it I don't get it yeah and I was like bro like really like we we were doing so well like you understood fascism you understood all this and then it would just sort of the like, gears just stopped working and then they went into reload I was like this is how are we not getting this? How suddenly, like, you know, they deserve all of this. And that was actually very disappointing for like a large yeah. portion of my audience that I'm like, you should get this on some level, but like, I don't know why you're not. Well, that's kind of one thing I wanted to talk to you about too. Cause it's like, it seems like as you've, you've kind of gotten in, you've been really engaging with this, uh, this discourse about Palestine. And like you said, it seems like there's a lot of people that you, 
appealed that you appealed to them because of your criticism of Trump and MAGA and all that stuff. Yeah. Who all and there's this kind of big cognitive dissonance where they're like, whoa, 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 like what's what's this? What are you doing? And part of that, at least, is because Biden, the Biden administration has been fully supporting Israel. And I guess that's one thing I was kind of wondering your perspective on, because you've talked to you've you've done a lot of work exploring this kind of cult-like phenomenon when it comes to Trump and MAGA and all that stuff. And I think that's really important. But I'm wondering if you've noticed over the last couple of months any sort of similarities on the other side, where you have a kind of like devotion to the Democratic Party and Biden. And then people might have different values or different ways of expressing things, but also there is a kind of uh a tendency with some of these folks to um, view everything through this kind of partisan lens and and support some really terrible things. Whether I it's like, I kind of get Israel or or whatever. I kind of get like a lot of people don't want to hurt the party just for fear of Trump getting elected. I can understand yeah. that. Like there's, I at the end of the day, if I had to choose, I don't want Trump. I've traveled the entire country. I've listened to campaign speech upon campaign speech from Trump, from, you know, people like Carrie Lake, from up and down. And, you know, people say they, oh, like they're, I can't, you know, they can't imagine that this is worse than the Democrats. But they, it's, I'm like, no, I can give you prime examples. I mean, Biden has done so much drilling. It's been just obscene. And, you know, if you listen, just go on the campaign trail, listen to Republicans talk about how Biden isn't drilling enough and that's costing America jobs. Biden not drilling enough sounds like a psycho, like psychos talk like that. That is yeah. the most delusional thing ever. Like you need to be like going for like, you know, some delusion meds and electroshock if you're saying Biden's not drilling enough. And but that that said, like, constantly that is a that is not even a fringe talking point that is a mainstream gqp talking point yeah and um that's it you can point to like and it gets into the immigration thing or climate or law and order i think this is as from my perspective seeing this kind of like ratchet effect that takes place with uh liberal politicians like joe biden where they embrace a lot of kind of conservative policies and then it's never enough for the the conservatives that they're trying to appeal to, and every, the whole discourse gets ratcheted to the right. Like you can talk about positive, like I've talked about uh, certain things that Biden has done with climate, like they're pointing to this historic climate legislation. They're like trying to reindustrialize some of these like areas that have been hard hit by by you know neoliberalism and deindustrialization and building new factories to make solar panels and ev batteries and things like that but like you point out they're also like ex drastically expanding drilling and domestic oil production and things like that um more money to police you know trying to pass these like very right wing in many cases immigration policies and um, and that's it. It's it's not that I think when people criticize that, that they like Trump or that they think that's going to be better. But for like progressive people that support the Democratic Party that really care about, you know, uh, police violence or systemic racism or the climate, the climate crisis or immigration. And they see them kind of repeatedly kind of capitulating on these things. And it's just demoralizing. And, well, get, and it's demoralizing. And you don't have a real counter messaging machine like the right wing propaganda machine is just non-stop there really isn't anything to counter message it it's very like so everything at the end of the day it's like well i mean people believe this like well we just i guess we got to sort of meet them in the middle otherwise we're there's going to be we're all going to lose our jobs because and they don't take control of the messaging and it's they're just like they just they're like on the back foot half the time. Yeah. Like the whole the whole crime, liberal cities, crime. Swear to God, like liberals actually believe this now. Yeah. yeah. And like I'm, I'm I have these conversations where I'm like, I've been over the numbers. The worst cities, like some of the worst cities are in red states. And like the per capita crime is like, you know, like one in 30 in the red in like the city in the red state. But for the outer districts and the red districts, you know, it's like one in 20. 
So it's like, yeah. it's nasty. But and the statistic, the numbers are literally right there. If the Democrats just were like, oh, wow, we could smack the Democrats. Like, I mean, we could smack Republicans across the face with these numbers and they don't. And you're like, damn it. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. Well, and like you saw this effort to make sure that, oh, we can never talk about defunding the police because that that hurts us. And we want to make sure that we fund the police so conservatives can never say that uh, about us. And you see police departments around the country have gotten more money um, even after Biden was elected under the after this massive protest movement that was like demanding the, for, for real reform and real change and how that operates. You talk about numbers. There's also a lot of numbers that shows that like there's actually not really a relation between police funding and them actually like impacting the crime numbers in any way. It's it's purely um uh, you yeah, know, well, it's just I mean, purely that's the whole thing of like cops not you know, coming there after the crime, not really solving anything. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's just this thing where you're like, oh, my God, like, oh, like, why? Uh. But then if I mean, you yeah, talk to these conservatives, right, it's a, the end of the day, it's a center right party. Yeah. I like and it's it's this is like going to be the craziest election because I have to go out and campaign for this guy who if I was in a room with him. I would just yell and throw things. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and, you know, like if I was in the room with Trump, I would also yell and throw things, you know, but like, and probably maybe like try to like, you know, sp- yeah, I, it, it's, yeah, it's, a, it is like, what the hell? Um, yeah. It seems pretty demoralizing, I think, for yeah. a lot of people. Um, and then, yeah, you have them uh, just fully supporting this like genocidal mass murder campaign over the last four months so i mentioned all the things that like progressive people in america really care about especially young people and then you have this on top of that i don't think think it's it's disillusioning a lot of people that are progressive and it's turning them away from voting yeah now i want to tell you about moms for liberty now i went to moms for liberty conferences i've listened to listen to them speak now we, you know, we don't like Moms for Liberty, obviously, but I'm, dude, they encourage people, they encourage their people, go out, get involved locally, run for local office, run for the smallest office, get in there yeah. and throw a monkey wrench in the gears. And they are like inspiring these psychopaths to be civic minded, like just in and they're like all of them are out of their mind. I spoke with one of the founders. I had some thing that I was on assignment from a media company, and like I spoke with one of the founders undercover, and I was like, I can't use this footage now because it's like whatever. But like, I'm like, wow, this person is a psychopath, like a, a legitimate yeah. psycho. And like we we're talking, just living in a totally alternate reality. And- alternate. And it's that's what it is like when I go to these things. It is like with I feel like I'm in like this Marvel Cinematic Universe where I went and visited an alternate timeline. Yeah, it, it's so bizarre, and it takes me like three days. Three days. I've done this. I do this all the time. It takes me a few days to mentally restabilize because people say stuff that is so insane, but a hundred people next to them all agree with it, and you're like, this is not true. That's not how anything works, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, but so Moms for Liberty, they encourage people to get involved locally, think locally, this, that, you know, there, whereas I see people on the left, it's sort of this, you know, kind of cool to just check out both parties bad. Let's stay home until the system is completely overthrown, right? Whereas, these people are like, hey, we don't like this candidate, but they're going to vote yes on this one thing called abortion, and they're going to vote to shut down public education and whatever. And then they're going to go back to being a private abortion factory, you know, <laughs> like, and they just like, they'll just be like this and be like, I, you know, we don't see anything. Yeah. No, I mean the way you're laying out, it's like uh, it's a it's a scary time, I think, in America, given that uh, you know what's at stake. But I guess that's the frustrating thing is seeing. Dude, what's the, the other one? So no, look at of... this. Someone just showed me the other day. So look at all of the elections coming up worldwide. 
like you know internationally like in germany france okay, like all of the elections coming up at the end of this oh, in canada too we're on the verge of having a convoy government pretty soon again pretty in short order so yeah no, be so, right there with okay you. No, here's the funny thing when i went with my friend in to the convoy i said you know it's kind of a joke in america people say oh if the election goes south i'm gonna move to canada to escape fascism and I remember my friend looking at me saying, people say they're going to move to Canada to escape <laughs> white supremacy and fascism. Yeah. I go, yeah. He's like, that's a, wait, what? Do people not understand anything about Canada at yeah, all? That's kind of they one of the main things that we're about up here. Yeah. Yeah. They just heard free healthcare and they're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. You guys can't have any problems with white supremacy <laughs> or, you know. Yeah murdering and sex trafficking indigenous people and you know we just gave a standing ovation to a literal nazi in our parliament just like not not five months ago <laughs> it was really something else um yeah i guess the last thing i just wanted to ask mention because i you know i talked about um the way that there's these kinds of tendencies in the democratic party to to circle around biden and in, in kind of somewhat similar ways and i think you saw a little bit of that this week with like john stewart coming back to the daily show and oh and like, he had this bombshell where he's like biden is old super fucking Trump old and is yeah. old i yeah people were like people they were very were upset by blue this MAGA, blue maga you know energy there like just there's there is there are blue maga i mean that's yeah. what we call them you know there are other people that were like all right this will hurt we don't want to hurt biden's chances of like winning against trump yeah uh i mean john stewart if you watch the entire thing it was like like he was saying that yeah, Biden is old and Trump is three years younger than him. Like what? There's no, literally no difference. These people are old and not like this is unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> and Biden is pretty clearly like not entirely with it. He's a super old guy. And he's, I mean, like, I don't care. Like I just, he's not Trump. I mean, he could be dead. You could just prop him up, yeah. let the flies, you know, just get the flies <laughs> off of him and stuff, leave him in the, in the Oval Office, it'll probably smell better with his yeah. dead carcass just in there, right? Bring some respect <laughs> back to and honesty back to the Oval Office. His dead yeah. carcass in there. Yeah, I guess that's just the thing that I end up coming back to, though, is just that, like, I I completely understand why people are like, well, we don't want to hurt the chances for election, but at, at a certain point, it's on them. Like, they they they're choosing to do these things. They're choosing let's, to I send mean, money to let's Israel. Let's just they're be honest. Be like, Biden. okay, yeah, like, like let's just be honest. I mean, my tagline for his first election was "settle for Biden." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would, and one of these people on Twitter said this, and I would, I repeated it all the time. I said, don't let Joe Biden distract you from the fact that we're voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like, whatever. I, I can't find the email. I had a chance to meet him a few years ago before I like blew up on social media. And I replied all, it was like a, you know, a friend of mine, she emailed all of us like, hey, I'm just going to dinner with Joe Biden. I replied all, fuck him. <laughs> and I was, like, and I was I, five minutes later, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have replied all. But like, yeah, people, other people also replied. They're like, yeah, uh, it's kind of a step in the wrong direction. If you ask me, I'm kind of focused on other candidates right now. This is early. Yeah. Right. Like, it's a matter of like, did you vote for Joe Biden in the primary? <laughs> those are the real sickos in the yeah in you supported him in the primary yeah. and it sucks though it okay this is what sucks look at like the polling data in just you know parts of america these people don't know anything that they just know like oh yes joe biden yes of course and they don't really know anything about him and it's just the name recognition and he does well you know in these certain areas because people know who he is and that's why like rfk jr was polling decent i don't want to say well well like he had some favorable polling numbers just because people knew nothing about him they're like oh yes rfk yes yes and well i'm like yeah okay you obviously know fuck all about this human being <laughs> yeah good god i've also went to his stuff too i need oh, to go to some interesting in folks that that does uh okay rallies. i gotta okay i gotta say this 
<laughs> this is the climate activist. He's the climate advocate. He's the, you know, justice, you know, right? Yeah. His own people do not believe in climate change. The people that go to his rallies yeah. and support him with money, all of them think climate change is a hoax. <laughs> okay. All of them think, you know, government should be, should do nothing. Otherwise it's communism. And if you listen to him talk, he has like kind of the most just weird. He like fully, well, first of all, he like fully supports Israel. I don't know how alternative you're being when you fully unequivocally support Israel. Like he is just unequivocal in his support. First off. Second, he like wants to start a housing program. Like sounds very socialist communist. He's like, I'll be your uncle. I'll guarantee all of your loans. I have this on tape, not, he said this, so okay. I'll, I'll guarantee you all of your loans. He said stuff that I'm like, um, and he, they, I'm like, none of you agree with this. I could, you know, and I want to do something with that where I pull people aside and be like, because like, I know for a fact that the people attending do not agree with what is coming out of his mouth on stage. It's bizarre. Yeah. The only time they cheer is when he talks about taking on BlackRock. Yeah. Okay. Like which I'm like okay, yeah, it's, it's interesting the cognitive dissonance. He's like with climate, like it's like it's like Elon Musk's fans now. They're like he's the client, he's like the liberal climate guy. That's his whole persona, and now he's now he's joking around about climate change. Like he's calling it a hoax now as well. It's really amazing. I don't think the I don't think people that unless you're like you're like you and I that like extremely online types of people. Yeah, really like people talk about Elon Musk like because they knew him from like five, 10 years ago. And I was like, bro, things have changed, my man. <laughs> yeah, Dude is unhinged. You see any one of his tweets on any given day. Yeah. And it is like sincerely messed up. This is a man who does not believe in climate change. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. Like he is He's very heavily he, into Mr. The immigration Green stuff as well. You can everything is me. socialism. His entire, his entire empire is built off of government contracts yeah was is subsidies. yeah subsidies and just like everything and i've yeah and like i don't think people like have caught up yet and i don't yeah. think also people it was you know it took me a while to realize how stupid he is <laughs> yeah he's not he's a, smart a stupid man. stupid man yeah like every other company that dude has he's like his experts and there's a yeah. whole infrastructure that is, you know, built around managing him. Yeah, he they doesn't like actually him. know about rocketry. And, okay, I don't, okay. And let's, let's just be honest. Coding. He does not run all of these companies <laughs> and do all of the day to day. No, right? He's like the CEO of you know twenty of these companies. You and I, like, no. Let's not pretend that he's involved in the day to day. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. He has experts that know what they're doing that are in in charge of things. Twitter is the first time he came in, he fired all the experts. So it's just him yeah. running the show. And you get to see how aggressively dumb this man is. <laughs> like him changing the name like oh, and boy. all this stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's been a wild ride. And like, yeah, I mean, I'll you know what? I'll take advantage of it. Like any Palestinian stuff of like, all like these really horrible things that I want people to see and say, don't look away. I just posted on Twitter. I'm like, oh, you're not going to, I was like, if he's not going to take it down. Sure. But it's kind of always been that way per se. So even before he took it over, I, I got all my TikTok friends to start posting their TikToks on Twitter several years ago. So I was like, nothing gets taken down here. Like the, yeah. Even the stuff that legally probably should be. There's like tons of porn. Like <laughs> on there, like and not like not like porn. It's not gotten worse under Elon because he fired all the moderators. There's like hardcore penetrative porn on there, just twenty four seven, and it's not hard to find. It's like, and you know, if you want to, if you're like, oh, where is it? Look literally underneath, like Elon's tweets. It is yeah. given as replies, clear as day. You want to <laughs> see some sex, full penetration. It's right under his own tweets. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it certainly but, you kind know, of seems like we're wokeism. Yeah, that's the, real, that's the real problem here. Yeah.
Well, yeah, it certainly does seem like we're ruled by a bunch of uh, criminals and freaks. But Walter, I'm happy to to see you out there uh, mixing up with some of these these fine yeah, folks. Yeah, man. Thanks and, for having and... me on, man. I'm glad to finally make it on. And anyone listening, my podcast is We Are Not Journalists. I travel the country and I ask people other questions that journalists are too smart to ask. Great. Well, we're going to make sure we include a link to that in the description for this episode. Yes, Thanks again, Walter. It was, it was really great to talk to you. We'll do awesome, it again sometime. Man. Thank you so much, brother. Keep up the good fight. Same to you.